Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Just to remind us of the season we're in, that was written in uh, Hebrews 10, verse 23. It says, So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps His promises. That's really good news. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expression of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together ever, even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Now, I know you, many of you are watching online today, and some it's for health reasons, others that you've been away traveling, and uh, online church is great. It helps us stay connected when we're unable to physically gather, either in our small groups or our prayer groups, or um, on Sundays here that we are doing uh, services at 10 o'clock. And uh, online church is good, but I just wanted to, as a pastor, remind you, it's a bit like watching an exercise um, video on YouTube, and watching everyone do the exercise, and you sort of get up and do a couple of stretches, then you sit down and watch the exercise, and after you think, oh, that's great, I've done my exercise for the day. But you've hardly got off the couch. You've actually watched it and been inspired and encouraged, but if you don't actually get up and exercise and do it, you can fool ourselves thinking, well, I've done my exercise today. No, you've watched someone else doing exercise, and we've got to be just careful with online church that we don't watch it and say, hey, I've done church. And uh, we need to, I want to encourage you to exercise your faith. So as we are worshiping, that you really engage. When we share communion, that you actually do it together. And as we preach the message and teach, I pray that you exercise your faith and grab a hold of it and, and, uh, and run with what God's speaking to your heart. It's just a, a reminder that we don't get lulled into a false sense of, well, we did church and uh, I want to encourage you. Hey, online church is awesome. It's helped us connect with people. Some maybe you're watching today and you haven't even been to church regularly before. It's great to have you connecting and I want to encourage you to find ways to connect with one another. We need each other and uh, let's look at ways that we can connect and gather with us coffee um, together during the week and sharing your faith and praying for one another or whether it's actually gathering one of our uh, uh, groups or at a church here online uh, on Sundays. So, and what I encourage it? Let's not just do the exercise, but let's be involved. Today, I want to share a story with you. Everyone loves stories, and this one's taken out of Acts chapter three, and it's in the early book of Acts where the Holy Spirit had been poured out, the church had been birthed, a lot of amazing things were happening. And uh, here we see the story of Peter and John. And I want to just walk our way through this story and pray that it will stir your heart with some faith and encouragement and strength. It says in verse 1, One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the 3 o'clock prayer. They didn't just think about praying or think, Oh, it's 3 o'clock, this is our normal prayer time. They actually got up and went to the temple to, to do some prayer. And uh, sometimes we might be doing it at home. You've said, I'm going to pray at this time. Get up. Let's do it. Let's be engaged. So they went to the temple of prayer. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, 
they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. Can you picture this? Peter and John are going to do some prayer and worship and just uh, do their service to God. And on the way, they saw this guy crippled. Now, they may have seen him before. The indication is that he was regularly taken there, whether it was every day or not. And it's possibly likely that they'd walked past him other days. But this day, it says they were captured by the sight of a man crippled. It's like God got their attention and they focused in on this guy. And sometimes we're going through life in our families or our workplaces or our neighborhoods and we walk past or we say a quick hello, but one day you're walking past the neighbors, you felt just stirred to ask another question, to share some hope or love or say, how's life going for you? It's like you are captured or connect with some person. And it, it says they were captured by the sight of the man crippled from birth, carried and placed there at the entrance. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. I've been overseas on missions trips and, and sadly in some countries a lot of poverty and those that are begging would often sit outside the hotels where the tourists would come or the wealthy government officials would walk past because they thought this is an opportunity maybe to get a donation of food or some money to help them in their time of need. So he was brought there by whether it was his family, whether it was his brothers, whether it was some neighbours. They thought, well, we'll take pity on this guy. We'll, we'll carry him there to where people go past and maybe he can get some money or food to help him in his uh, time of need. It says they were captured by him, so they obviously may be stopped in their tracks and it says in verse 3, when he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Sirs, can you help me? Beg for money or even food. He wanted some help. Now, Peter and John had been captured. The Holy Spirit had stirred their heart, had helped them to focus in on him. Peter and John looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man said, look at us. Wow, what, what is going on here? It says they stopped and they engaged. They looked into his eyes. And I'm sure most people would have just walked past. Some would have felt guilty or generous and, and thrown him a coin or two or maybe given a little bit of food. But most people wouldn't stop and engage with his eyes. But Peter and John were stirred by the Spirit of God with compassion. And the interesting thing that they said to the crippled man, look at us. And John, Peter didn't say, look at me. He said, look at us. There's a powerful truth there. Jesus sent out his disciples two by two, or they went in teams as the 12 disciples. I want to encourage you that sometimes in this COVID, there's been isolation and we feel like we're doing life on our own or we're disconnected or isolated. I want to encourage you. God has created the family of God, the body of Christ, the local church, to be a family, a team. And Peter could have said, look at me, but he said, look at us. And so they got his attention. And I want to say, don't do life on your own. If you're feeling lonely or disconnected or isolated, ask God, who can I connect with? Who can I share this journey with? Pray and say, Lord, I need some friends. Lord, 
Who have I maybe got busy or neglected? Who can I reconnect with? I want to encourage you today that God's got people for your life and your world and not to be there. So they said, look at us. I love this. Expecting a gift. There was expectation in this man. Even though he was just expecting a gift of maybe money or food, he readily gave them his attention. So now, out of his need, he is focusing back on Peter and John. So now there's eye-to-eye, face-to-face, heart-to-heart engagement happening even though there was probably significantly different expectations of what was about to happen. And then Peter said this famous line, I don't have money. Sometimes we don't have spare money either. But then he said, but I'll give you this. It's so easy to stop at the beginning of that first sentence. I don't have money. I don't have much spare food. I don't have time. I don't have space in my vehicle to take you. It's so easy to focus on what we don't have, what we lack, what we need, instead of focusing on what we do have. So he didn't have money. Peter didn't have money, but he had something even greater. He had the power of the Spirit of Jesus inside of his heart, and a miracle was about to take place because he had something even more valuable than money or possessions. It was eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. It was the power of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power of God that was working within him. That was a greater gift. Even yet the beggar didn't know what that was yet. I want to encourage you, don't dwell on what you don't have. Don't look at the opportunities you don't have. Say, God, what opportunities do I have? And what resources do I have? And God's amazing. When we sow what we have, he multiplies it and releases more. So he says, what I don't have is money, but I'll give you this. Then he said, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. (coughs) Now, this wasn't a suggestion. There was authority in his voice. It was a command. And you can imagine the shock, the surprise, the, wow, what's really going on here? And the cripples probably stunned or shocked. He was expecting some money, but now Peter gives him a command to stand up and walk. There's a whole different level of transaction about to happen. It was a voice of faith. And a voice of authority. I want to encourage you believers. The devil has tried to silence the church. He's tried to silence the voice of faith, of hope. But I want to say God's stirring us up so that we can roar the roar of faith like David. He didn't hide from Goliath. He ran towards him and shouted out, Who are you that would defy the living God? And some of you need to get your voice back of faith and authority and prayer. I believe God's stirring our hearts. Come on, stand up. Let your voice of faith and love and courage be heard again in your family, in your your life, in your ministry. Don't be cowed down. And so there was a voice of faith and authority. Then an amazing thing happened. Peter didn't just speak. He then acted. It says he reached out his right hand to the crippled man. He reached out in love and compassion to help this man move out of his place of being lame and crippled and beaten down and thinking I'll never be anything more than a beggar 
trying to survive every day. Because he was, remember, he was crippled from birth. We don't know the story of why, but he was crippled, disabled significantly. And Peter not only reached out to offer him his hand, they obviously connected hand to hand. This is pre-COVID, so they could touch. So he reaches out and they connect and Peter pulled the man to his feet. Now, how audacious or courageous or risky was this? There would have been other people around walking past watching. I reckon by now a bit of a crowd would have been starting to build. He reached out, he connected, and then he acted on faith and actually helped pull the man to his feet. As he did this, suddenly, I love the suddenlies of God. The suddenlies of God, the breakthroughs happen when we exercise love, compassion, engage with people. There was a voice of authority and faith and then there was action to actually connect. And this is what happened. Suddenly, power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned. His whole world has just been radically changed. He got up that morning thinking, what are we going to do today? Oh, yeah, it's, my friends are going to take me and put me at the temple so I can beg some more. This was had been his life probably for years, maybe decades. Now his whole world had changed. He's standing on his feet. He's never walked in his life. He's stunned, looking around, looking at Peter and John, looking at the crowd, wondering, what on earth am I going to do? I, I can't walk. But he realizes that power is in his legs and he can walk. He stood, then he began to walk around. He'd never walked in his life. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praise to God. I love this story. When Jesus breaks into a life, everything changes. Sometimes dramatically, sometimes as a process and over time. And some of you listening today, maybe you've experienced the suddenlies of Jesus breaking into your world with a miracle of healing or provision or hope that's been birthed out of where there's been despair and pain. And God has turned something around. You think, wow, thank you, thank you. You're just jumping up and full of joy. Some of you want to jump up in your lounge room now because you're remembering some of the miracles and, and blessings and breakthroughs that you or your family have experienced. And so he jumped up and he's, he broke up the whole church meeting and destroyed their uh, run sheet and their order of service. He's just jumping and celebrating and praising. When all the people saw him <coughs> jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar they had passed by in front of the beautiful gate. Now, did you hear that? They had walked past him. And no one had the faith or the word from the Holy Spirit or the, the, the working of the Spirit of God to bring healing. They'd all walk past him, maybe today and maybe many times before. But now this guy, they thought, that's his face. That's him. But he's walking, leaping and jumping and praising God. And it was just an incredible moment of breakthrough and victory. And it reminds me of times where in our church here at Bayside and, and other meetings I've been at where someone gets supernaturally healed and they run around the building or they can touch their toes or they can hear clearly for the first time or pain disappears from their body and just the joy and the excitement. And I've seen people just laugh and shout, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Torment has broken off their life. 
They know, they know that the addiction's power has no longer have a hold on them. The powers of darkness, of evil spirits that have tormented them are now broken off their life. Hey, there's freedom in our hearts and our lives. Some of you say, well, I haven't seen that or I haven't seen it for a long time. Let me tell you, the same Jesus that walked the earth then by the Spirit of God is working through the disciples then and he works through us now. And I want to encourage you, let's believe for God's grace to break through into our households and communities. And so they were stunned. It says, astonishment swept over the crowd for they were amazed over what had happened. We don't know how many people were there. It could have been hundreds. And the crowd were just astonished at what had happened. Dumbfounded over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was the healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. Now you've got to realize this guy is just so blown away, he doesn't know what to do. He thought, well, Peter and John I know and they're safe. I'm not sure what the other people are going to do. They're all just yelling and shouting and amazed and astonished. So he's standing beside the two people that have helped him come into freedom. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them all, people of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority. The God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has done this. For he has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied to Pilate's face when he decided to release him. And you insisted that he be crucified. You rejected the one who is holy and righteous and instead begged for a murderer to be released. And Barabbas, and, and Peter's preaching a short message challenging a lot of these um, people, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, and other people that were in Jerusalem. This all happened in Jerusalem where Jesus had been crucified only uh, weeks or months before. You killed the Prince of Life. Wow, that's an incredible statement. But God raised him from the dead and we stand here as witnesses to that fact. Then he goes on and summarizes what's just happened. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're not, maybe you are physically in pain. Maybe emotionally or mentally you've been crippled or bowed down or overwhelmed. Maybe someone in your household or your circle of uh, relationships is bowed down. I want to say, hey, it's time to stand up and walk in freedom. God's Spirit is reaching out to you, giving you hope right now. I declare by the Spirit of God, breakthrough into your life. Maybe your legs aren't working properly. Maybe you've been bowed down and overwhelmed by negativity and fear and shame and depression and guilt. Today, I declare the name of Jesus that healed that crippled man is the same powerful name that can break through into your life or your household. I want to encourage you, exercise your faith. You say, well, I've had this condition for years. God, by His Spirit, wants to bring healing. He does it His way, His time. Often it's a suddenly. Sometimes it's a process and wisdom, as I shared in faith, and flowing through and working through the journey. And God sometimes uses doctors or nurses or rest or medication and other things, healthy eating. But God wants to bring us physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, so that we can come and live in a place of walking in freedom.
Oh, I feel this today surging in my heart. Want to embrace. Come on, let's exercise our faith. Let's believe for God's power and grace right now. If you are sick, I want you to put your hand on that part of your body or to focus on it right now and reach up to heaven with the other hand and say, in Jesus' name, I receive your healing power. In Jesus' name, I release your strength over my life. I speak to this mountain of pain and sickness and declare in Jesus' name, healing over my life or over my family or over my extended relationships. I believe that God, that same Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this story just stirs my faith. And I share it with you today for breakthroughs. He wants us to step up and stand up and walk in freedom. It's interesting to note in verse 2 it says, the gate beautiful was the name. In the Aramaic it was also called wonderful. What a great name to call a gate, wonderful or beautiful. It's difficult to ascertain which of the many gates of the temple this might have been. And there is varying speculation with no certain conclusion. However, this beautiful gate points to Jesus Christ, who is the gate or entrance into the sheepfold of God. Furthermore, it hints and links back to Ezekiel's temple recorded in Ezekiel 47 the, that Ezekiel saw, where he saw a river flowing out from the threshold or the altar through the gateway of the temple of God. This river, for those who know their Bible, was first measured to be ankle deep. And then it came up to his waist and then to his neck and then he was swimming in it. But isn't this fascinating? That same river was flowing now thousands of years later at the temple when Peter and John stepped into that river of healing. And it says that this man was lame in his ankles. And all it needed was the river of God to touch his ankles and that river flowed out the beautiful gate of Christ and it brought healing to this man's crippled ankles and legs. No matter what I need, God is greater. I want to encourage you that the Spirit of God is flowing today, reaching into hearts and lives. Why don't you dare to hope and take the risk of believing and stepping up and stepping out? In verse 14, Peter's explaining, it says, You denied or rejected Jesus Christ, the one who is holy and righteous. How amazing is this? How complete was the healing of Peter's life? Just 50 days or more previously, he had three times denied Jesus because he was scared of him being arrested, jailed, or even killed. Now, Peter is so full of love and faith and the Holy Spirit's plan and purpose. He says to his fellow Jews, you denied the holy and righteous one. When the Spirit of God fills our hearts, you will step up with confidence, with courage, with boldness, with an assurance in God and His ways that you didn't have before. I know many people, my own life's an example. I was shy and, and uh, fearful of what other people thought of me. But when I got born again, the day I finished grade 12, filled the Holy Spirit a few months later, there was a courage and a boldness, a confidence started to grow within me to arise and be the man of God I was called, always called to be. It was a journey where I had to regularly face my fear and apply faith to my heart. And overcoming fear, it, it, daily, you've got to face that fear, face the giant, run towards it, don't run away, and declare that, Jesus, you will help me. Over to chapter 4, Peter's explaining, because that night, some of the Jewish leaders got so upset, they threw Peter and John in prison. So we can't control this. This is out of control. 
And then next day they brought him out and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 8, 4, 4 verse 8 says, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and answered, respected elders and leaders of the people, listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it's by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected, and now he has become the cornerstone. There's no one else who has the power to save us. There's only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with Jesus. Standing there with them was the healed man and there was nothing further they could say. Wow, when Jesus sets you free, when he heals and sets other people free in your family or household or neighborhood in our city, let me tell you, those who don't understand will have no argument to come back because the miracle, the transformation, the breakthrough, the freedom speaks so powerfully for itself and will always point to Jesus. Peter and John were clearly, they clearly said, this is Jesus, not us. Even though at the beginning, they said, look at us to the man because they had to get to tension and connect. So God will use your life, your words, your love, your creativity to be the bridge so people watch you and then they connect to Jesus through you. How powerful is that? Sometimes we're scared and say, oh, well, it's all Jesus. No, it's Jesus working through you by his spirit and power. And I just feel God stirring our hearts. There are great opportunities. There are people that are searching for answers today. There's awesome power of the name of Jesus to save and to heal. I want to encourage you, release what you have. Remember, you don't mightn't have money or food or time, but you can release what you have, which is faith and love and your relationship with the power of the Holy Spirit that can touch people around us all the time release it to others through faith and discipleship you got to remember this crippled man was not only restored physically which is an incredible miracle but his identity his purpose his expectations his hope for the future were all totally transformed he could now go out and work he could now go out and maybe build relationships in a family he could now go out and play sport he could now go out and walk and hike and travel and build and make things. He could never do that before. He was totally dependent on other people to carry him somewhere and dependent on someone's generosity out of compassion or guilt to give him some money or food so he could survive. There was no Centrelink or Social Security back then. Now his whole life is radically transformed with hope for the future. And maybe you're watching me today and you say, hey, that's happened to me. If it happened to you years ago or decades ago, don't lose the power of that transformation over your life. Maybe you had a dramatic healing. Maybe you came into Christ as a young person, just grew in that faith. Hey, that you have got so much to offer and give to our community, to your neighbors. Maybe in your retirement village, maybe in your neighborhood. Oh, I just feel the Spirit of God saying, hey, come on, let's make disciples. Let's love and care for people and Jesus will do the changing. 
He expected a gift of money or food, but instead received so much more. Our God is like this. He loved to surprise us by His grace, love, power, and provision. And maybe your expectations have been lowered. I want to stir you today. Let your expectation begin to rise. Remember, the promises of God never fails. His love is there strengthening us. And I want to encourage you, let's disciple people. Let's connect and share what we have. If you know the Bible well, get together with someone and read it and, and maybe go through the Alpha course with someone. Help disciple and nurture someone who's a newer Christian. If you're a parent or grandparent, I shared last week about fathers. Come on, let's disciple our kids and our grandkids. Let's mentor them. Let's teach them the ways of the kingdom of God and share stories and the truth of the living word of God. God loves to surprise us. And I believe today and this week, God's going to surprise some of you with his breakthroughs. Some already had it in the past weeks and months. That's the blessing of God. Healing and restoration is often a process of faith, trust, patience, perseverance, growing, sometimes disappointments and setbacks. But I want to say it's a place of supporting one another. Breakthroughs come and then there's fresh purpose and vision with dreams fulfilled. Here at Bayside Church, we want to connect with one another. We want to disciple and nurture one another. Encourage you not to hide or be isolated unnecessarily. Certainly for health reasons, let's be safe. Stir it again, Lord, and draw them into a place of surrender, of connection. Stir up their dreams. Let their expectations be fulfilled in a greater way than they ever imagined. I thank you for your love and encouragement and faith touching all of our hearts. And we'll hear the stories of your breakthroughs. I thank you for that now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.